It's time for episode 455 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Clockwise for people, for tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that has a quartet at every golf game. Yes, we're 444. I'm Dan Morin, and I'm joined, as always, across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan. I heard you say the first part, didn't get it, and then you said 444, and I love it. It's so written get it, out. But I love it. It's even better when it's written out. It's easier to understand than when I try to uh, pronounce it. So 444. I love it. It's All fantastic. right. And we are 444 because we have two fantastic guests to my left this week. It is the executive director of Rebellion Pack. It is Brianna Wu, General Brianna Wu, as we've decided <laughs> to address her. Hi, Bri. Welcome back. What's crack I'm ready to lead the insurrection against the uh, clockwise hosts and uh, we're going to take it over and uh, uh, take over these Sith Lords. It's going to be really good. Oh, God. Oh, no. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> yes. Yes. And to my left today is a person who uses the iPad and makes things on the internet because that is where we went with it. It's Christopher Lolly. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Hello. I, I don't have as cool of a title as Brianna, but uh, yeah, I, I just make things. Thank you for having me. All right. Let me kick things off. In a recent interview, Apple's Craig Federighi talked about all the different ways that people work on their Macs using things like spaces or mission control. I want to know what's your philosophy currently for how you sort of organize or work on the Mac? And do you see something like the new stage manager feature for Mac and iPad changing that behavior at all? Bree, how do you organize yourself on your Mac? I, I wish I could tell you I'm a highly organized person, but that would be a blatant lie. Uh, how it pretty much goes is I scribble out a list of everything I've got to get done that morning, and then it's a frantic, uh, a frantic approach to doing email and you know just doing all the things I need to do. Slack is obviously a huge part of my workday. Photoshop, uh, because I produce so many ads with my job, uh, fade in is a, and final cut are huge parts of my job. So really, um, I would love to tell you I have like an organized system, but I, I don't. It's just an absolute free for all. You know, I see stage manager and, uh, you know, it looks very promising. It doesn't quite look like a reason to go get an M1 iPad, uh, for me. Uh, the truth is I still use my Mac for serious work and the iPad. Uh, it just even with the multitasking ability, I tend to use it in full screen. So that's my approach. I have yet to sort of reconcile my uh, inability to hand over control. And so because of that, I've been working on it for years. And because of that, I cannot use spaces on the Mac. This idea that these apps take up the full screen of your Mac and you swipe between them. I need to see, like right now, I'm looking at a Zoom window that's in the top right corner of my screen. And beneath it is the Zoom portal to the left of it, kind of layered underneath is uh, Discord, and then behind that, over to the far left of the screen, uh, but still within vision, is Audio Hijack, and that's only one screen. My right screen has other stuff on it. I like knowing that all of those little screens are there, and I can click on in any of those windows and be able to access and make changes to that. And 
having that full screen view that spaces provides is just not not my jam. I don't really use mission control all that often, except when an app is misbehaving and I'm trying to find uh, the window for that app. Uh, occasionally, Fantastical will have an issue where when you click on the uh, icon in the tool or in the, the the dock, it won't show the window. And when I use mission control, then I can find it. So um, I may eventually see myself using stage manager on iPad, but it is the one place where I have happily ceded control to the system by having these full screen apps. And I don't think I want to undo that because it's the little bit of progress I've made in handing over control. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's, that's my current philosophy. Chris, what about you as a person who uses the iPad? Yeah, so I, I do have a Mac. I'm, I'm sitting in front of a Mac right now, but I primarily work from the iPad. So when I do use the Mac, it's really for specialty tasks like recording a podcast or editing big video projects. So I don't traditionally have a lot of windows open. Uh, I have played with Stage Manager on the iPad and really like it. And I could see like Stage Manager on the Mac for me being like, hey, messages and Twitter and all these like apps that I don't need to have up while I'm editing a video they can live in stage manager off to the side and I can click over to them, but like have my main final cut window open in full screen and stuff like that. So it, it looks interesting, but I still haven't put up Ventura on any machine to play with it yet. Yeah. I kind of a mix of everybody. I feel like, because I've got the sort of mess I think that, that Brie has going on where it's like, I've got windows kind of everywhere and I just sort of dive into whatever I'm working on at the moment. But then I do use spaces because I like to sometimes organize things by task. So, for example, right now, as we're recording this show, I've got a space that's got Zoom and Audio Hijack and the Relay FM Discord and, uh, you know, a Safari window with the, the tabs I need for this particular task. And then I can break that down and sort of pop up a new space if I need to record a different show or if I'm working on a writing thing. I also use... On my laptop more than on my desktop, I use full screen mode occasionally if I'm writing something that I don't want to get distracted during. Stage Manager I find intriguing. I've only used it a little bit on the iPad. I haven't tried it on Venturia because I don't have that installed anywhere. I think it's promising as, you know, I think Bree said, I the biggest problem with it is rewiring my brain. I've been a Mac user for 30 years, like... Getting me to change like everything, the way I've got everything laid out and how I think about windows and spaces and all this, I, I just don't know how hard that's going to be. Like, can you teach an old Dan new tricks? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's that's sort of my biggest overall struggle is more of a, a mental one than an idea that there's something wrong with the way of doing it. So I, I will play around with it. And I think the biggest likelihood is that if I get used to it on the iPad, it may impact the way I use my Mac as well. But on the Mac side, I don't think I'm going to delve into it immediately. But thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from Brianna. Uh, y'all, we got to talk about the cryptocalypse. Uh, cryptocurrency <laughs> is in an absolute freefall. Uh, as of today, uh, the cost of a Bitcoin, uh, which was uh, not that long ago, was almost up to $50,000, uh, fell to $20,000. Uh, we are recording this on a Wednesday as we're talking about this. Uh, uh, you have Coinbase, uh, which is kind of the central repository of where people keep their cryptocurrency. That has announced uh layoffs. Terraform Labs, uh, that absolutely imploded with one of their stable coins being targeted uh, by basically a, uh, an attack to devalue the currency, leading to 
billions of dollars in losses. And uh, Celsius, which is a, uh, a bank, uh, sort of an experimental uh, cryptocurrency bank, has uh, stopped allowing people to even withdraw their own money from it. So uh, things are really bad for uh, cryptocurrency right now. So I wanted to ask kind of what are your thoughts about it? Have you ever played with cryptocurrency? Um, kind of how do you feel about this moment? Here's what I'll say, you know, with 100% certainty, I feel for the people who got into this because they heard from people who have platforms who were making money off of this and who got very, very, very into it and started to tell other people that they should get into it, or at the very least, uh, shared their own gains and got people into it in that way. Um, you know, the, the small individuals who, uh, threw a bunch of their savings or what, ha- whatever it happens to be into this cryptocurrency hoping that they would make some money off of it only to be left without it. That is awful. Cryptocurrency as a whole, I have always felt very yuck about because it's always felt like funny money to an extent that goes further than the funny money that makes up our economy in the first place. And so this schadenfreude that I experience only exists in the instances of folks who have been kind of uh, culturally toxic about cryptocurrency. And outside of that, um, I just, uh, there's a lot of, of, of sadness that I feel for people who felt they were making a good investment only to realize that um, this was not a good investment to make. Chris, what are your thoughts on this? I have never gotten into crypto. I don't really know too much about it. I have spoken to several people that are very, very much into it, and they can never quite answer all of my questions. So it's kind of been one of those things I've always looked at it like with the Spock raised eyebrow, like, (laughs) like, why can't you like if you don't fully understand this, why are you investing your savings into this? Like, I wouldn't like like I, I have an accountant and, you know, I, I have I own my own business. So I have like my retirement and stuff, all that stuff set up and I understand how that works. I do not understand crypto. So I have stayed away from it and I have advised family members to stay away from it because we all have those uncles, you know, that come Christmas time be like, hey, well, I hear about this Bitcoin thing. And, you know, they, <laughs> they, they want they want to know how to invest. And I'm just like, maybe maybe you shouldn't. So uh, I'm glad I told people to kind of stay away. But on, on, other than that, like, I really don't know too much about it. It feels just like a pyramid scheme, basically. I know it's not quite, but it kind of is also at the same time. Um, (laughs) There are people who are going to come out of this okay, and it's the people who already own like uh, so much crypto that they are sort of, you know, at the top of this pyramid. And I think it is definitely a bubble like so many that have come before, and I've seen a bunch of those come and go. It's tricky because it's tied up with finances and it's tied up with currency. And this is a lot of stuff that I think, as Chris really well pointed out, it's technical already. Like even doing your investments, you can you can sort of, I think, suss out like your investment portfolio, etc. Or you hire somebody that you trust. But I think when you layer technology on top of that, it gets really complex. And now you have to have people who are experts in multiple different fields in order to really understand what's going on here. But it's because it's become so widespread and a you know uh, a popular idea and like even it's become like uh you know proliferated to the point where i remember going to a restaurant here at some point that had like a bitcoin atm and this was like 10 years ago um and so uh, 
the fact that it's such a fad is, I think, very dangerous because it encourages people to invest and put money in places without really understanding how that money is stored or where that money is going or who has an interest in that. And I think just in general, I'm I'm not going to say I'm going totally into the schadenfreude of laughing at people, but there's definitely, you know, I'd like to see the people who are really high on this and have leveraged other people into it to be the ones that pay. And unfortunately, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Bree, why don't you wrap us up here? I think that's dead on. You know, there are people with huge holdings of Bitcoin that have gone and encouraged the mass public to go out there, leverage everything they own and buy more Bitcoin right right before the crash, because when they do that, their own value goes up. I didn't start off as someone who was inherently anti-cryptocurrency. Uh, when I ran for Congress, I actually had the position that we should, uh, you know, regulate it very aggressively and kind of integrate it and let that be part of like a diversified portfolio. I think it made sense back then. Uh, but you know, that was 2017. Today is 2022. We know what this product is. It's a really flawed, uh, environmentally destructive product, uh, frankly, built on some really uh, shaky middleware technology. Uh, you know, if you follow this news every week, you're reading hack after hack after hack, just because the way that the Bitcoins get transferred around is a very, very large attack surface. So um, I think with all the, um, the, the very correct amount of skepticism normal Americans have towards Wall Street, you're really looking at something that is uh, even more rife with fraud mm. and conflicts of interest. And, um, you know, I just I thank I thank the good Lord that the Mac, uh, the Mac ecosystem never had something like the dagger Hashimoto uh, function that you have on a NVIDIA uh, graphics card that mm-hmm. let people like sit there and mine with their Macs all these days, because mm-hmm. I think now that it's kind of blowing up, I think it really could have hurt our community and mm-hmm. our reputation. All right, that is two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise, and this week's episode is brought to you by Electric. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. This can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions, because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses or setting up employee laptops, and of course, answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Look, I write about technology. I know a lot about technology. Do I kind of wish I didn't have to spend days troubleshooting my network setup because something is going weird and flaky? You bet, because then I could spend that time writing or being on podcasts instead of figuring out why my computer can't connect to the internet. So being able to offshore something like that to somebody else who is much better suited to it is definitely a benefit. For Clockwise listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash clockwise. That's electric.ai slash clockwise. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show. And that means halftime has come to an end and Micah Sargent will take the floor. 
Yes, uh, Honorable Dan Morin. Uh, my topic for you. I've heard some recent, some more recent grumbling about Dropbox. Uh, they've added some other new features that seem kind of uh, growth hacky and weird. I am just curious, uh, given the ongoing grumble around Dropbox, I want to do a check in. What is your online storage and sharing solution? What do you use to store and share files online? Chris? Uh, I've been Dropbox free for the last few years now. Uh, I remember when Dropbox first came out, like it was everyone had it. It was amazing. And then, you know, they kind of went the more uh, enterprisey route. And the the single use customer, that experience kind of wasn't as great anymore. Uh, I think the big kicker for me was iPad OS 13 was when files was introduced and the third party like cloud storage uh apps just didn't really work very well. iCloud was was the one that worked better than the rest. So I kind of went all in on iCloud then. Uh I was already paying for it for device backups, so I just purchased the 2 terabyte tier uh so that way I could, you know, have the uh, enough storage for every, all my documents, photos and things like that along with device backups and Honestly, I've just been on it ever since. I think I, I have the iCloud Plus now, so I get the Apple TV and fitness and the whole bundle, and it's just included in it. And it just works really well. I don't have to think about it when I sign into a device. All my files will be there. I don't have to worry about, like, you know, is this third-party application taking up a ton of resources or anything like that? It's just It's just there, and it does its thing, and I'm pretty happy with it. I am mostly on iCloud Drive these days. I have some lingering stuff in other places. I have um, some stuff left in Dropbox mainly for two reasons. One, shared folders I have with other people, which sometimes includes people who aren't on the same on the Mac and iCloud Drive, Windows. mm. Uh, And then I have some stuff uh, that is, I don't know why, but I like have OneDrive, Microsoft, and there's like a handful of things on there that I just really need to move off of there, but I've been very lazy about it. Uh, and then I use, you know, Google Drive for, you know, all my Google Docs and occasionally have uploaded stuff into there. I've got some photos and stuff that are just stored in a drive there. I wish I could be all on iCloud Drive. I feel like it's missing a couple features that I still need. One is file requests, which Dropbox have, which are things like for this show where we ask people to upload their files. There's not really a web-based system to be like, upload this file into an iCloud Drive folder. That would be great. Apple should add that. Um, and that would get me a long way towards uh, being able to eliminate my multi-cloud storage dependence. But I definitely came from that era where like every time a, a company offered you like have some free cloud storage we would just sign up for it because you could never have too much free cloud storage and then now years later um still i guess i really exceeded that free five gigabytes pretty fast on iCloud but everything else i still have sort of lingering documents here and there brie what about you you know i feel like the the business case for dropbox has gotten worse and worse and worse as a product, I don't think it's innovating the way that it used to. I mean, I miss the Dropbox that tried to get involved with like, uh, you know, cool mail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is a product like, let's be very clear. The lowest tier of this is $10 a month. And for most people using this, uh, it's going to be between $17 a month and $24 a month. Um, you know, I use it kind of because of, um, I think laziness would probably be the best word <laughs> for it. Like I do a lot of podcasts. It's just how we upload all our files on rocket. And, you know, obviously with my job at rebellion, um, I, I run a lot of teams and we're, we're obviously, 
obviously passing files around all the time. So it's kind of inertia uh, that has me me doing that. But I think when you start to look at their policies, like really developing a first-tier Mac app experience, which is certainly why I got interested in it in the first place, or some of the policies around surveillance, there, there's a lot to really be concerned about here. So um, I just suspect I'm not the only one that if I had a really good uh, reason to completely switch out to a product that, say, might let me back up uh, all of my back up my Macs more easily, right, or all of my photos more easily than Dropbox does, uh, I think I would certainly take that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Bree. I it's inertia that keeps me using Dropbox. Again, we use it for this show. I've used it for years uh, for uploading files and getting files from other people. The one thing that they've added that I've actually played around with that's that could be cool if they gave it some more time is this uh, automated folder option where you can create a folder that's an automated folder and you can have it do certain things. So it can rename files for you. But the one that I think is kind of neat is drop a file into it that is uh, any kind of audio file, and it will convert it to another audio file. So you can have them all become waves, you can have them all become, you know, MP3s, uh, same with video. But the problem is, and where I wish they would pay more attention, um, because that could be a really killer feature is the customization options. So it's like, they gave us this feature, but there's nothing more to it than just make it a wave. Well, is it is it an eight bit? It, you know, is it is it sixteen? Is it thirty two? What are we working with here? And I can't make any more adjustments than that. So yeah, it's it's inertia that keeps me there, and the fact that when I get a new machine or am you know switching between machines, if Dropbox isn't there, I notice it uh, because that's just how I've done file syncing thus far. But who knows? There could come a day where the inertia is less than my desire to move away from it into something else. Uh, we'll just have to find out. But thank you all for your answers on that. Let's go to our final show topic, which comes from Chris. Yeah, uh, with major pro and desktop features announced for iPadOS 16, would you ever consider using the iPad as your main machine? Or is there something missing preventing that from happening? Yeah, oh boy. I was trying to use my iPad more and more. I had a iPad uh, Pro 10.5 inch, an older model, and I had a smart keyboard cover on it. And I love that. That was great. It was so easy to take to coffee shops and do writing. And I was pretty good at getting almost all of my uh, writing work and sort of administrative work I could do on my iPad. The, two things basically moved me away from that. One was the 13 inch MacBook Air with the M1 processor which was so good that it was hard to uh, justify going back to the iPad when it was very close to the same size and weight and could do a lot more. Uh, the second thing is a big part of my job is podcasting, and that is still something that you can't really do well on an iPad in large part because having two different apps take in audio and one of them record it and one of them uh, broadcast it uh, doesn't isn't really a thing. Not really a workflow you can do. There are some workarounds. There are some web services. Some of them are okay, but I just haven't got to a point of feeling like any of them are reliable enough or widespread enough that they are something I really want to trust my workflow to. Ironically, the rest of that actually is not bad. Like I can edit podcasts on the iPad, um, and I think more and more now with the you know the the Magic Keyboard and uh, with the trackpad and everything, it's a lot closer. Stage Manager again, as we discussed earlier, I think moves it a lot more you know close to being able to do all the things. I do on the Mac without as much having to make adjustments to my workflow. 
if they really would just add better support for like audio workflows, uh, honestly, it would make my life you know so much easier. And I'd love to just switch to taking an iPad a lot of places. But seems like they don't want to do that anytime soon. So not for me yet. Bree, what about you? You know, I feel like we keep trying to make the iPad happen as like a replacement <laughs> to the Mac. You know, I feel like this is like my 200th appearance on the show saying the same thing. And yeah. it, it's like, look, I love my iPad. It is a great device to take with me on vacation or, you know, for like a day long trip out of town where the most I'm going to have to do is email uh, or, or, or tweet or something like that. But you know, the, the fact is, if I have a media appearance, I have to have a full-blown Mac, right? We all run into these instances where you need a uh, Chrome, like because some plugin or, or some third-party thing is going to need that, right? Mm-hmm. Podcasting is a terrible experience on the, on the iPad. I've tried it. And I really feel like this, I, I don't want to say dishonest, but I, it is marketing for Apple to come out with every one of these events and show something like Stage Manager, which looks amazing. Let's be clear. And being like, this is the solution you've been waiting for. So you can finally use your iPad as a pro machine. And the truth is, it's not multitasking or your chip architecture or any of that. It's the fact that I still can't run full Photoshop. It's the fact that you can't run Final Cut over there. It's the fact that Chrome is not supported on iPad the same way it is on Mac. And it's it's the fact that you can't like record QuickTime files or run Zoom with the same uh, uh, plugins that we all use. It, those are the problems and they're not problems Apple can solve. So I, I want this feature to happen, uh, but it's just not here. Yeah, Brie. I mean, I copy paste. Um, I I feel the exact. It, you it's, can do that on an iPad, by the way. Copy and paste. Oh yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> I, I was going to say, what do you mean, Dan? Yes. Um, I love that there are folks who can get so much done on their iPad. And Christopher, you're one of those folks. You have have been able to pull that off and make it happen. And. I, I, you know, Matthew Casanelli, a good friend and, uh, you know, former co-host and this, I love what he can do with shortcuts. But for me, I just, that's not where I am able to invest my time. And therefore, I do not have the skills that he has in that way. And I think the same thing applies to uh, the iPad. When I know how to do it and can do it so easily and with the tools that I'm used to um, and with the, the processes that I'm used to on the Mac, I don't see any reason to want to do it on an iPad, particularly if I've got, you know, a, in, in the case of an iPad a MacBook Air, a lightweight device that can do all of these things that I can make portable with me. So there's stuff that the iPad is very good at and happy to have those things done there. But I don't I don't think it's ever I don't think there's something in particular about the iPad that I would want added to make it the device. I don't really want to make it my main machine. I, I love I love the Mac and I love it being the main machine that I use. But Chris, prove us all wrong and tell us how you made your iPad your main machine. So, yeah, no, all of you guys have very valid points. Um, I worked solely from the iPad for about four years. And then the app that I was using to edit video, the bottom kind of fell out underneath me. And I just had some major issues with it and ended up needing to get a uh, 14 inch MacBook Pro uh, to edit video on. 
with iPad OS 16, there's a lot of like they, they talked a lot about desktop class apps. Uh, the virtual memory swap is a big feature. So like what I'm hoping is a lot of Apple's kind of paying attention, realizing, hey, people do want to use the iPad as their main machine or maybe their portable machine uh, while still having maybe like a desktop Mac or something like that. Uh, but there are clear pitfalls that it just doesn't work for. And I'm hoping with iPad OS 16 or maybe at least me connecting the dots, that they're starting to address these concerns and we'll start to see their pro apps come to the iPad. Driver kit is coming uh, to the iPad. So I'm hoping like this starts to enable like audio features. Like they had a whole session on audio drivers and I'm, oh, I still need to dig into all the details, but I'm hoping this kind of starts to enable podcast recording on the iPad and Final Cut comes and all those features that people have been asking for start to come because I really do like the iPad as my main machine, but I know a lot of people like it as a portable machine because it's lightweight. It has cellular. Uh, you can use it as a tablet. You can use it as a laptop. Now you can use it as a desktop. So there's there's a lot of benefits to it, but I totally also understand the pitfalls to it for, for people like you. All right. That's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. So tell me really quick, do you have a favorite bird, Bree? Uh, big bird. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> Nailed it. No notes. I don't have a favorite bird. Since we now know dinosaurs are a lot of dinosaurs are more related to birds than reptiles. Can I say Velociraptor? I'll allow it. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh man, I you know what I did, I went into this question asking it, not really think about it, but I think I'm gonna say <laughs> penguin. I think I'm gonna say penguin. They get their dress so well. Uh, are all they right. birds? They are birds. Okay. <laughs> are they birds? <laughs> I just, I just do had we, a thought of like, do we need man, to talk can about this a little bit more? Be birds? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, we don't. We don't need to talk about it, Dan. We need to talk about something else. All right. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes of Clockwise with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year. You'll help support the show. Plus getting every week an extra overtime topic and a show with no ads hey that's great in this week's overtime topic we're going to discuss everybody's favorite internet application email and with that we have reached the end of this show all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week brianna Wu. thank you so much for being here no problem and christopher lolly thank you so much for joining us you knocked it out of the park thank you so much for having me and Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.